June 7th! And do you know what that means, David? Oh no. oh, no. That means Pride Mike is all through the month of June. Oh, oh, oh goody. So. That's wonderful. Seriously, there I was. I was at a little <laughs> protest downtown. And so I, I was waving my flag. I... I, I honestly, even in this community, I will say the flag is out of control. I don't even know what half the symbols mean anymore. I just know that I believe in them. I just know that I support <laughs> oh, yeah. them. It doesn't even matter. Unless that symbol is a swastika, then you Fascist. should die. You should literally die. Right. Okay? So there I was. I was waving my flags, and then I was – uh, I well, I was tucked. Of course, I went to Target. I got my suit. I tucked. <laughs> I tucked, and then I was talking to children because I want to impart the ways of pride to <sighs> any and all children at any and all cost. And all of a sudden, this conservative <sighs> white prick of a man had to be a fundamental Baptist. I'm right here. Comes up to me. And says, hey, you don't talk to my kid like that with your tucked wiener. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to, you know, they say stay strapped or get clapped. And so I was strapped and I am a, I am a proud CCW owner. That's the one outlier that I am in this community. And I raised my gun and I was like, I was shaking because I was so scared. I was like, hey, you, mister. Love is love. I will oh teach you. God. I will teach you that love is love. You will, you will learn. Jeez. Oh, and and then uh, I called my uncle Sal for bail money <laughs> because I was arrested for a public display of a firearm. But I saw the look in those kids' eyes, and I have never been more proud. Mm, yeah, there it is. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that's good. And uh, that actually is a true story, guys and girls, uh, that when we <laughs> talk about Mike's, you know, try to guess whether these are true stories or not. That one is a true story. So, <laughs> that, so there goes the segment. So there I was. That's the, the weekly so segment. there I was. <laughs> What's up, dude? Uh, you're still alive. It's week. It's it is kind of touch and go week by week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to give myself CPR the other day uh, from the groin area, and it turns out I am. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. It's a, it's a so, medical experiment. It's it. That was that up. to the rhythm? Was that to the? Were you pumping to the rhythm of staying alive? Rhythm, of the beat of the night. <laughs> <laughs> So, dude, you have something to drink. I don't have anything. I have a Coke Zero. I have a Coke Zero in a uh, in a Tiffany in a koozie. Is it? Like, I don't know what kind of. I think is this like a Tiffany blue? I don't know. I think. Yeah, and it's like in a. It's a Yeti cozy. So because I'm gonna have to show how weak I am right now because my new blood pressure medicine. Uh, I I had I was on a blood pressure medicine and got rid of it. Because it was making me feel really lethargic. And so I went on another one, and it didn't make me feel – I mean, it made me feel better. I wasn't lethargic, but it 
uh, it screwed with my my fingertips. My fingertips are peeling. You look like hands. you look like a prune. Yeah, it looks like a prune. It looks, looks like ridiculous. you've been in the bathtub for too long. Yeah, it does. And so, because they're peeling, they're extremely sensitive to cold and heat. So if you microwave something and you take it out, Dave better have. <laughs> Why are you microwaving your fingers? I wasn't microwaving. I said if, if you're making, if you're microwaving something, I didn't say my fingers. If you're microwaving something, Dave better have a hot mitt ready because it's gonna it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt poor Dave's little fingers. Yikes. So I know it sensitive sucks. fingers. I know. So uh, hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yikes. It must be the Coke Zero. Uh, yeah. So far with this whole heart thing, I mean, like, there's nothing really coming back that's uh, that's alarming anybody. Which is a little bit disappointing. Well, that's to my kind wife. of alarming, isn't it? <laughs> I, know, I know it's a it's it's dumb because all these tests have come back positive for things, and then uh, of course my wife wants there to be something wrong with me so that she can you know because she has a lot. Well, to, like you, you're probably worth make. more dead than alive. Like me. I am, I actually am worth yeah. way more dead than alive. Not just <laughs> exactly. a pension, but like a, a pretty good size uh, life insurance. That's why I always have Elijah uh, try my food first. Before I eat it, you're like from the medieval times. You're like the king that has because I know she's gonna get me one of these days somehow. Some dude, way. did you see? There was a. Uh, it was in the news. Some dude uh, on Everest had uh, injured himself or something, and one of the Sherpas strapped him on his back and and took him down the the, the mountain. Now we know that Sherpas no. are pretty ridiculous. But what what makes me laugh <clears throat> is that this Sherpa Dang. put him on his back. Like it almost looked like it was made for a human being, like this backpack thing. And the guy gets up, and the the Sherpa just looks at the camera with these mirrored glasses on and just gives a smile and a thumbs up and starts heading down the mountain as if it was nothing. And it makes me laugh because I'm thinking, so this. This probably is probably American. I, I, I can't even say that. It could be anybody, but whoever it is, it probably has money because I don't think it's cheap to to climb Everest. No, so it's a lot this, of money, man. I think it's right. Like, uh, a decent and there's two sides. I think chunk of change. Yeah, I think there's two sides to uh, Everest too. There's like an easy side and a hard side. Um, I, I honestly look it up. I, I'm almost positive it's true. So this guy, just think about this. Like you, you're like you're one of those guys who like. That's probably the dude too. Well, they the all Sherpa. look alike. I don't know. I, I know, just right? up Sherpa. Clearly. <laughs> but I want to offend, offend whoever hated us on our YouTube channel for making fun of Chinese accents. <laughs> oh, my God. That was hilarious. So uh, so the, it's it. I, I, I started laughing because I'm thinking, you have this guy who's like, you know what? I'm going to climb Everest. I'm going to do this. And <laughs> this, he gets up to a certain point, doesn't even make it to the top, falls and hurts himself somehow or just can't make it. And then you have this guy, this Sherpa. He's like, I'll take you down the mountain. Fucking straps him up and goes down the mountain with this guy on his back. And I'm thinking, I mean, how much of a, like, how much of a... Uh, how hard is Everest to climb, uh, really? It's it's supposed to be extremely, extremely difficult. But not yeah. to Sherpas. These guys go up and down this mountain all the time. And then it made me laugh because I'm thinking... Well, 800 people summit. Everest every year, yeah. So that's that's actually you know, a pretty small amount, but that's not. So look at both sides. There should be two sides to Everest, I believe. Uh, so there's some people that'll probably pick the the complicated side. People who pick the 
We'll say more scenic route. I don't know what that would actually mean. I don't certainly want There's to There's two different Everest. routes. No, one route is easier and more consistent. Yeah. The other is and shorter, but very unforgiving, it says. Yes. And so, uh, which makes sense because it's it's shorter because so it's... The long way is easier. Well, yeah, probably, there's probably switchbacks and you go... You know what I mean? It's it's just not as steep. It's not as uh, dangerous <clears throat> or complicated. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, if anybody's climbed Everest and they want to dispute this, you know, thing, that's fine. But I just imagine, like, being that guy, like, thinking you're about to set, like, some kind of, like, mental record for yourself. Like, you have, like, climbed Everest. You didn't do it. Not only did you not do it... <laughs> But but some another dude had to had to walk you down on his back down the mountain, and then uh, he was probably just going to climb it right back after that, and have like like chicken noodle soup. It's like the only thing he's eaten in three days, and he's completely fine with that. <laughs> then I'm thinking like, man, I, I mean, are we just that much like are we that big of pussies that we just you have a Sherpa guy climbs this thing all the time, and I get it. There's acclimation and all that stuff. But it's still a mountain, dude. He carried a human being down the mountain. What the hell, right? Yeah, man. That's wild. That's $20,000 average. Holy shit, dude. That's why I said it's just not an easy thing to just get. Like, nope, you can't just, like, leave the trailer park and head over to Everest. Yeah, I just. uh, Climbing season. There's no inkling, there's no part of me that ever wants to try to climb Mount Everest. Ever. Me either. Like, I just nope. don't have an interest in that. Like, I could see myself enjoying a nice hike in the mountains somewhere for a beautiful view or something like that. But yeah, I, I have no desire to risk my life to summit Mount Everest. It doesn't just, just doesn't matter to me. No. And then you got to pass the, all the people have died on the way. And they're like, that's like, they're like landmarks, you know, it's such a weird thought process. <clears throat> Armory night. Yeah, you're right. I forgot that I climbed Everest. Uh, well, yeah, because you, you were drunk and high at the time, dude. Yeah, uh, I I had spent time with the Sherpas actually ahead of time, and w- you've heard of ayahuasca. Well, whatever they have there in in the Sherpa village, yeah, they're former that away. Like, yeah. I it, that yeah, that would have allowed me to carry two Sherpas on my back. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> All right, if you just tuned in, guys, if you're on my YouTube channel, thanks for visiting. I'm Mike. This is Dave. This is the Off the Cuff Podcast. We're two former cops talking about whatever we want, honestly. Uh, New (laughs) current current events here and around the world. We happen to be talking about a cop topic tonight. Uh, If you've heard of this cop city in Atlanta area, it's, uh, boy, people are not happy about it. Everybody's got some mixed feelings, so we're going to talk about that for a while. Dave's got a yeah. few other articles that we'll talk about and uh, and cover some new news items. But hey, if uh, if you stumbled into this, hit subscribe, uh, hit the like button on there, throw some comments in here, all that good stuff. If you listen, if you're on the audio version, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit the plus button and subscribe. Uh, leave a rating and review. That's if we earn it, right? Like if the sh- if you find the show valuable enough or interesting enough, then do those things. That's our our gift to you is the show. Your gift to us is the reviews and and the subscription, uh, and, every, and it's all free. <laughs> there's no yeah. And personally, no I don't care involved. if you like it or not. Just you know, just like it on yeah, even if you hate social it. media. Yeah. Our really. sponsor is me. Uh, if you are moving <laughs> anywhere in the country, <laughs> reach reach out to me, and I will get you a real estate agent that shares your values and experiences and make sure that you are well taken care of. I will partner with them to make sure you are 
taken care of. So that is an option for you. You can uh, reach out to Mike at MikeTheCop.tv and just tell me you need my help, and I will help. All right. And I also uh, <clears throat> offer uh, sex. Yeah. What's, what services do you want to offer? Sex. Just uh, It's b- bad, uh, short sex with a lot of crying. <laughs> Guaranteed, guaranteed short duration, must be yep. willing to cuddle after. Guaranteed to make you cry, because I will be, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so if you're feeling, feeling frisky, also, you know, I've got reach a, out. I've got a bone to pick with you that we'll save what? for the, yeah, yeah, we'll save for the end of the show. And if you guys are, if you guys are Ted Lasso fans, I want you to stick around. You, you don't want to miss me picking this bone with Dave. Oh, God. Okay? Here we go. Because you're going to hear how right I am and how wrong Dave is about, about a few things. Okay? So stick around. This, this is this awkward. One. Okay. I'll listen. I'll listen. <clears throat> All right. So let's kick it off. Oh, by the way, the, I've actually forgotten that the underpaid producer even ever has anything to do with this show. He's going on a camping trip this weekend to yeah. Tennessee and so his camper is parked in my backyard I gave him a two day limit for free before I start charging him rent for his stupid mobile house there you go and um, so yeah he was greasing the wheels whatever that means yeah uh, I saw two other homeless looking men walking into the camper <laughs> with him when he said he was going to grease the wheels so I have my I have my questions about what that is a euphemism for and they didn't even pop it up that's what was not, weird to me. Not even nope. <laughs> they just crawled nope. through that half door. Yep, that's it. They just rolled. It, they rolled in. It, it was whatever. <laughs> I didn't even want to look anymore. But he's going this trip, and so now some sway bar didn't show up on time or something. Yeah, nice and try. He had to go buy a sway bar with his grease monkey paws or whatever. So he's not here. So yeah. again, liar. So whether he's riding his Harley or pulling a soup kitchen in his camper <laughs> he's always up to something <laughs> 20 well, people get... ha- 20 people dave haven't wanted to stick around for the live stream they just showed up and were like i hate these guys that's all right left. i don't blame them I don't, screw you idiots. Much of a... <laughs> yeah. well i'll start it out with the new york times uh atlanta city council approves cop city quote cop city uh funding despite protests the vote to approve $31 million for the construction of a sprawling police and fire training complex came after nearly two years of protests. And Mike, if you remember, we actually discussed this. We were, yeah. I think we broke the story uh, about yep. a year ago uh, where there was already disagreements with this because it was on, there was a private property issue and they didn't want the sound of gunfire. It was supposed to be a huge complex. That's back then, that was the argument. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that's changed. <clears throat> the vote to approve $31 million for the construction of a sprawling after two years of protests. The Atlanta City Council voted overwhelmingly early Tuesday to approve $31 million in funding for the construction of a sprawling $90 million police and fire training complex. $90 million police and fire what, training 90 complex. $90 million? <clears throat> well, that's what it says. It says. I thought it was $30 million. Uh, well, this is, let's hear me out. I'll read it one more time because you're right. It is a little confusing. But the Atlanta City Council voted overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly early Tuesday to approve $31 million in funding for oh, the construction okay. of a so sprawling. So the project is a $90 million project. Yeah, $90 million police and they fire training complex. funding from the city of Atlanta for $30 yeah, million of it. Probably like, a, yeah, so a third of it. Uh, police and fire training complex back in a project. That has provoked nearly two years of sustained protests and further inflamed tensions 
over law enforcement in the city. This is where the narrative starts changing. The atmosphere inside City Hall leading up to the vote reflected how emotionally charged the debate over the planned complex had become. City employees were instructed to work remotely on Monday as officials warned of security threats. <laughs> the, the, the building was packed deep into the night and we into Tuesday morning. We, we're going to threaten your security. We're going to yeah. threaten violence because we're sick of you threatening violence against us, <laughs> using violence against us. It, what the, yep. Make it make They're, sense. They've had what enough, the Mike. They've had enough. I don't uh, so the building was packed deep into the night into understand. Tuesday morning as hundreds of people jammed inside for the council meeting. It lasted more than 16 hours, with well over 300 people addressing the council before the vote. One after another, the speakers expressed opinions that illuminated the complex tangle of racial, political, and environmental considerations that have shaped the city's conversation over the project, which has become known to many by the nickname conceived by its critics, Cop City. The vast majority of those who stepped up to speak were critical, echoing arguments that had been repeated through months of demonstrations. The facility was costing money that could be better directed elsewhere. It would train the city's police force to become more militarized, and it would disturb a precious expanse of green space in a rapidly developing metropolis. Quote, Cop City has already proven to be a source of violence, oppression, Militarized approaches to civilians, How is it unconstitutional anybody? activity, and economic and environmental disaster, said Susie Duran, a leader in the Atlantic uh, chapter of the Na National Lawyers Guild. Okay, there's a true guild for you. <laughs> Approval of the $31 million in spending had been widely expected, yet the vote was still a test of whether opposition to the project, officially known as the Atlantic Public Safety Training Center, had led to any wavering uh, by the city's leaders. The 15-member council voted 11 to 4 in favor. Uh, so, it, well, it's kind of interesting because they talk about how it's just kind of like, it, it, they, they're almost making it seem like it is a one police department's comp, like the, it's their training complex for $90 million. And we'll probably get into this because I haven't, this part of this article, but that's clearly not the case. It is a huge complex, a huge complex, and mm -hmm. it is there to help train probably all over the country, maybe maybe partially globally as well. Yeah, and not and, just police, obviously. It's right. police and and fire. It says at yeah. least. So usually these public safety uh, public safety complexes are are much more than just police training. Yeah, police militarization train where we just train to beat people with billy clubs. Right. <laughs> the council is nonpartisan, but most of its members identify as Democrats, some more progressive than others. A few members lean conservative. In 2021, under a different makeup, the council had approved the ground lease agreement for the site of the facility. The cost of the training centers is supposed to be divided between taxpayers and funds raised by the Atlanta Police Foundation, a nonprofit group supporting the force. But there has been growing concern over just how much taxpayers would ultimately have to shoulder, prompting some council members to re-examine their votes. The unease was centered on a lease-back provision, in, and I don't know what a lease-back provision is. Maybe you can help with that, Mike. In which the city it's would pay $1.2 million some, a year for 30 years. Yeah, somebody, somebody fronts the money. They basically 
front money or buy a property or a stake in a property and hmm. they do a lease back. So the, the, the purpose is you can't afford to do this. We can. We'll do this. You pay us. And they'll, I see. they'll lease back the property, whether that is uh, you know for a certain length of time or whether it's like uh, as a balloon payment at the end as an option to buy kind of a thing. So it sounds like it's kind of a done deal, whoever's investing in this besides – well, I mean, although they're saying it's really – Kind of a, a nonprofit is also, and then the city. So I don't know who's doing the actual. Well, maybe we'll we'll get into it. But uh, so the uh, the unease was centered on a lease back provision in which the city would pay one point two million a year for thirty years, which raises the total cost to taxpayers uh, to sixty seven million dollars. Mayor Andre Dickens, uh, responding to questions raised by the Atlanta Journal Constitution Online Edition, issued a statement last week arguing that payments would not be an added burden to taxpayers. I don't know how that would be. Noting that the city has and continues to pay more than $1.4 million each year for leases to use other facilities for public safety training. Oh, so they're basically saying it's almost a wash because of the amount of training that they already do in other places because they don't have their own place. Okay, I get that. Right. Uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, the, plan, the plans call for transforming an old prison farm into what supporters envision as a modern facility suited to the needs of a police force working in a large and complicated city. There will be areas to practice driving techniques, a mock setups of convenience store, home, a nightclub, allowing trainees to learn in simulations of circumstances they could encounter in the field. Uh, what began as opposition to the facility itself swelled over time into an intense anger over the unflinching, aggressive approach officials took to quell the protest. Uh, you mean like actually stopping them? I don't know. Okay. Demonstrations at the plant site located in DeKalb uh, County, just outside the city of Atlanta, uh, erupted into violent clashes between law enforcement officers and protesters. I, I'd be very interested. This is the first I've heard of that, um, that this we, we literally have a disagreement between the city and some of the people there that, that there was ended up being demonstrations that turned, that erupted. Mike, in violent clashes between law enforcement and protesters. I, that's the first I've actually heard of this thing over a two-year period. Uh, you would think this would be bigger news. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the news just isn't I mean, being covered. I had heard about it. It wasn't even too long ago that like people were, um, I don't know, dis destroying supplies on the property. Like basically trying to like break in and like oh okay to kind of slow up the and tear up tents and. Um, that that kind of stuff, like they were getting into the property and then cops to respond and blah blah blah. Ugh, that's okay. a live look at what's going on there on the ground. Um, at <laughs> at this very moment, that's uh, one of the protesters. Interesting. Um, although it says in January, a 26 year old environmental activist named Man Manuel uh, Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran was fatally Loved shot. Him in young guns too. Oh, my God, yes, right? <laughs> was fatally shot, and a state trooper was wounded. I'd have to look at that one to see what really happened there. But prosecutors have uh, pursued domestic terrorism charges against many protesters, like you were probably talking about. The state officials argued that the unrest had been caused by agitators who were not from Georgia. Last week, Weird. the officials... Yeah, we had a big, big surprise. Uh, last week, officials went a step further, uh, raiding the house that served as the headquarters of a bail fund for activists. And arresting three people who were sorry, I had to have fun. fought in the middle of the activist party. 
accusing them of money laundering and charity fraud. Uh, so it, it kind of goes on and on and on and on. So what do you think about that? I mean, this is where we're at now. I mean, it seems to me because, you know, we know how important training is. And we, we also know how important uh, the idea of getting rid of training is as well. We know how detrimental that actually is to the police department. And, and we know, and we've talked about this before, that training is is becoming a thing of the past. Actual reality, re- realistic training is becoming a thing of the past. We have we have resorted to online training for mm-hmm. everything, including CPR. And I'm I'm sur- surprised it hasn't been to at firearms training as well. And now you have an, 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 a large-scale police department that's saying, hey, we want to do better. We want to create an environment where our, our officers are properly trained, consistently trained, and you know, and all of a sudden, everybody's pissed about it. Like, now, it didn't even really talk. It basically glanced off of the, the whole environmental issue that was a bigger deal a year ago and really just talked more about, oh, they're so these guys are are you know fascist like I, I just put that word in there but like now all of a <laughs> sudden the sense. police are the aggressive ones you know so what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I think <clears throat> I think it's telling that a lot of the people are not even from there. I don't know I don't know what these people do for a living or how they afford to come from out of town to decide like there would have to be Soros. quite. There would have to be quite the cause for me to to drive to somewhere <laughs> of any length to protest just about anything. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like <clears throat> I've just got too much going on in my life. So um, <laughs> good good on these guys for having this kind of time on their hands uh, and money, apparently. But it's <clears throat> it's one of those things that's very telling to me because the cry for a long time was defund the police. That was kind of like a chant, right? But then it was like, no, we don't mean def we don't mean defund them. We just mean reallocate funds for better training. That which is garbage. So then that's exactly what at least this for for the city of Atlanta's part, that's exactly what they're doing. They're saying we're gonna reallocate some of these funds instead of sending someone somewhere else for training, we're gonna allocate funds to have better training right here at home. Um and this <clears throat> and this will create a, a, a good training facility for other urban type police officers training in these situations and all that stuff. Right. And that's not good enough. That's just right. it's it, you. There's no winning, right? From from the perspective of the people who are anti this, there is no way to win. There's no way to satisfy them. That it seems that they will always find a problem with every solution presented that isn't. We just want anarchy, <laughs> because I don't know what the other alternative is at this point. If you, like what what are you gonna do? You know, like all these different solutions get presented. Well, we should we should disarm the cops. You know, we should have cops like other countries where there's no, no guns. It's like, okay, well then, so then you lose your police force. Uh, so then nobody does it because I mean, even for a paycheck, would you have done this job unarmed? You, you couldn't have paid me enough. 
Exactly. No. Yeah. So even if somebody was like, we're going to pay you $300,000 a year to answer all the same calls, nothing changes about the job. You just are unarmed. Mike, I was involved, as you know, I, I was involved in three shootings. If I didn't have a firearm, I would, I'd be dead now. I would be dead. There's no doubt Again, about that. Worth more dead than alive, though. So there's yeah, a plus, that's side, right. plus side to that that you ignored. You're welcome, Joyce. I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, Dave, you're bad luck. I'm like, you kidding me? <laughs> Apparently, I'm good luck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But like, seriously, like, what, I seriously, it. In the end, in retrospect, you could say all you want about, yeah, you know what? I could probably do it. I, yeah, here or there or wherever. I, I could probably do that. And if you pay me $300,000, that would be great. But, <laughs> but I, what is it? 13, 14, 50, whatever years in um, would have been my last, I would have been drawing my last paycheck without yeah. a doubt. And, and so was, would that have been worth it? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't no, really think you so. know, and, and it's like, because that's, that's what always happens in these conversations, or it does with me. Like, I've had a lot of conversations with sort of like pseudo haters willing to say something that's not just a complete throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks or whatever. Is like, well, other countries are able to do to, you know, police without all this violence or whatever else. They're just better trained and they don't mm. understand, like, they feel like, well, look at England, look at the UK. Um, their cops are unarmed. It's like, well, first of all, um, I've actually done interviews with UK cops and I, uh, on this channel. You can go back and listen to it probably somewhere, but it's a completely different. The number, you don't understand how crammed <laughs> the UK is in like a lot of, in a lot of ways. And you also don't probably recognize if you think that the UK's cops are unarmed, no, no, no. Not true. Some of them are unarmed, but some of them are not. Yeah. And so like in London, for example, they have an armed response unit capable of responding within a certain number of minutes to anywhere. Yep. So it's it's not true that they're unarmed. Right. And that's, they need, here's the crazy thing. In a country where it's, you're not even allowed to own a gun... <laughs> Or carry a gun. They need guns. They still need guns. And so now you you take us and put us in a job where people do have guns, <laughs> and and the need may the need may be there still. You know, I mean, God bless anybody who can be a cop, like you know, Hacksaw Ridge, right? Just be a non-combatant. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you go in there and just be like, I'll, I only have jujitsu, you know, and pepper spray. Oh, God. So. That just that just means that there was more app like there. Think about how many injuries like European police officers must end up with every year. Like how many? Because like nothing that the U.S. doesn't have their own fair share of that. But mm -hmm. when you when you can't escalate or or when you can't properly de-escalate a situation, um, it it would become very hard. Like if if I'm punching, uh, if I'm a bad guy, I punch you in the face. Well, you're gonna you're obviously gonna punch me in the face as well, right? And then you're you're probably gonna bring out your taser or whatever. Uh, and I knock the taser out of your hand, and I still I punch you in the face again. And then you try to punch me in the face. I punch you in the face. Um, at some point, and I start I, I pick up a brick, and you don't have a, a firearm to step up the, in in the force continuum. <laughs> Who's fucked here, right? Like it just makes no sense to me why you wouldn't have 
it, it's what they're essentially saying is they don't trust uh, the government, which is fine in many ways. Uh, they don't trust people uh, to to uh, enact the law or or to bring justice uh, like they do in the U.S. I don't care what they yeah. say. They like I mean, to I guess like they don't exist. They do. It's kind of a rabbit trail, I guess. I mean, it, yeah. I, I'm just. That's like one of the main things that I hear a lot of people bring up when you start talking about better training for the cops or why can't our cops be more like these cops over here? You know, it's like, yeah, it's that, that the same the same thing when it comes to the socialist conversation where people are like, well, they have socialized medicine. It's like, well, yeah, because 70 some percent of their economy is coming from offshore oil, which yeah. you also hate. And we subsidize their military. Yep. We provide their defense in case of need, so they don't have to. They they don't have the cost of these other things because we're subsidizing it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. So that's that's what. No, they don't have it free. You're paying for it at the <laughs> gas pumps. Like that's yeah. like, <laughs> like that's that's where it comes from. Impossible, you can't just, Mike. You can't just. Uh, you can't, parachute. You can't, just, you can't parachute. You can't into just have like free everything. Yeah. That, that it doesn't even that's not even science man you're, like it you're parachuting into a shitty meme is what you're doing you know I, I just again we talk about those ridiculous memes out there they're like you know this country is 95 percent happier than the u.s and they don't have yeah. this 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 or this and then they have this this it's like <laughs> come on you can't just do that you, you can't just say shit without yeah, being well, able I, to back i, up I lived in costa rica on. for a year as and it was like they had this place in the world they say supposedly they have a like a 98 percent literacy rate it was like at the time when i was there so it's it's probably still high I, don't, I haven't looked lately but that was the thing it was like see you know why can't the u.s have this kind of literacy rate what kind of problem well yeah we do have an education problem the public schools suck but the other thing is costa rica doesn't have a military because we're their military yeah so they yeah. don't have any budget item they can pour all this they can pour costs into teaching people to read because they have it. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that that's yeah. a one for one. And again, these are weird rabbit trails, but yeah. So what do I, what do I think about the, the cop city thing? I just think like how painfully ironic is it that you, you don't want cops to do, to make poor decisions that you don't like. So then they build a facility to help them make decisions that you will better like. <laughs> and that's not good enough for you. No, like, it's, it's like, not. I, they need better training. Well, not that kind of training. Yeah. Like, we well, need different kinds of training. What do you, what kind of training do you want them to have? Like, yeah. And, and you know, that complex probably has a hundred classrooms for learning how, you know what I mean? Like learning how to deal with, mental illness and or alcoholism or it could be you know anything and but that's just not good enough for people for people they just think mm -hmm. it's well you know what they're just going to use it to they're, they're fascists they're just going to use it to militarize uh police force and that's it mm -hmm. oh he doesn't like i don't like it called cops cop city but it is called cop city that's the problem Teresa. by the haters yeah well and that's that's what makes the the clickbait for the article so this article that I had just I just read, remember it said that an individual was killed and an officer was wounded. Mm -hmm. And they let me click into it, but then it wouldn't let me click in the whole article. So I Googled it because that's what I do. And this is the article. Actually, it was April 19th, 
So it wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is very interesting because once again, let's just pour our sensationalism and bullshit into titles and uh, however we want to twist a narrative. And it leaves us having to read between the lines in so many cases. But the problem is, is you can only hide the truth for so long in the news. So this is from CBS News. This isn't even the online online edition. edition. This This is the real deal. That's the morning. I'm just print. kidding. It's, it's the online edition. <laughs> Atlanta cop city protester killed by officers had 57 gunshot wounds. Autopsy finds. Yeah. A protester fatally shot by officers in January at the site of a controversial law enforcement training site in Atlanta, Georgia, known as cop city had at least 57 gunshot wounds, according to an uh, autopsy. At least. Yeah, at least by CBS News. The autopsy conducted by the DeKalb uh, County Medical Examiner found that Manuel Paez Tehran sustained gunshot wounds AKA to his entire body. Swiss cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sustained gunshot wounds to his entire body, including his head, torso, hands, and legs. And wouldn't that, wouldn't that naturally be considered the entire body? Why did they have to uh, add that to it? Yeah, that seems Because he did right. say entire body. Okay. Uh, the medical examiner noted that the autopsy, autopsy the autopsy uh, could not determine Tehran's body position at the time of the shooting because of too many variables with respect to movement of the deceased and the shooters. Since most shootings involve uh, involving multiple gunshots are dynamic events, uh, attempts to place the, the, they call it decedent, in any particular yeah. position at a specific point in time is fraught with potential inaccuracies, the autopsy stated. The Do it family, anyway. Well, dude, the Tran family last month released the results of an independent autopsy in commission. In which commission, we paid for the guy to guess at that. Yeah. At old Swiss cheese's holes. Uh, commission <laughs> which claimed that Tran had his hands up and was sitting cross-legged oh, no. at the time of the shooting, Tehran, uh, an environmental activist, was shot and killed January 18th, so that was still this year, uh, during a protest at the site of the proposed Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. A Georgia State Trooper was also shot and wounded during the incident. Hmm. Well, let's, let's read on, because, you know, there's no connection here, right? There couldn't be, because they didn't make a connection here. State police have alleged that Tehran was armed and shot and wounded the trooper. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation previously released a photo of the gun it alleges Turan was carrying at the time of the shooting. GBI said that forensic analysis matched the round which wounded the trooper to a gun, Smith & Wesson 9mm, which was legally purchased by Turan in 2020. The the autopsy found that no soot, stippling, searing, or gunpowder residue were found on Turan's clothing or around any of the gunshot wounds. GBI has said there was no officer body camera footage of the shooting. In a statement released Wednesday night, the Turan family said that while the autopsy uh, report provides additional information, it does not bring the family closer to the answers they seek. Cop City has been the site of ongoing protests over the past several months, which has resulted in dozens of arrests. So I guess it looks like, and do you notice they still still were trying to not connect the dots on that? Very yeah, interesting, right? They're like, you don't know if he shot that that state trooper. Well, yeah, we we do. We have witnesses, and uh, and the bullet that they pulled from the fucking trooper 
uh, matched the ballistics of the firearm that this guy was carrying. Oh, and it was his firearm. He was, it was actually his firearm. Yeah, that's not good enough. I want answers. <laughs> I want answers, <laughs> I Mike. demand. It's impossible that he would have presented a firearm and gotten shot as a result. Impossible. He's an environmentalist. You know, what's <laughs> interesting right. is you, we've kind of mentioned in passing the idea that, oh, they're going to be deforestation you know they're gonna be they're gonna be destroying destroying nature for this and we don't want that here but what's interesting uh i looked this up while we were chatting net forest area in the u.s has actually been stable since the early 1900s and increased by about two percent between 2007 and 2017 wow it's gone from 752 million to 765 million acres uh net volume increase um, of stock, uh, net volume of growing stock increased by more than 5% in the same period. Hmm. So uh, each year, forests in North America grow significantly more uh, wood than is harvested in the U.S. Average net increases is about 25 billion cubic feet. So I grow my own wood, Mike, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and that almost seems like that's a, a Teddy Roosevelt type thing because that was a 1900. He, he created the national parks, right? If I'm not mistaken, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, but I thought that he helped create the national parks around that time, which would have at least preserved a lot of this untouched beauty that our great country has. And apparently, it protected it so well that it actually grew. Well, that's nice. That's nice to know. You know. Theodore Roosevelt, often called the conservation president, impacted the national park system well beyond his term in office. He doubled the number of sites with the national park system. Hmm. Interesting. Provocative, Certif- really. Certified badass. Well, if I... Yeah, he, he was, too. If I can kind of expand... Well, actually, kind of like segue into another... This actually is a Trooper um, article by NBCnews.com, uh, online edition. Um if, if it's okay, because uh, unless you want to talk more about that, but I feel like we can even bump right into this because it kind of yeah, segues ahead. a little bit. So, um, and this is... We spent, uh, we spent 27 minutes on that. We're good. Yeah, that's good enough. Uh, and this is, this, is in, this is an older... It's a, it's a new article, but, but this is in regards to a shooting that happened uh, early like February. New York State Trooper uh, charged in fatal shooting after high-speed chase. In Buffalo, New York, a New York State trooper was charged with manslaughter Monday with, uh, for shooting an unarmed motorist to death uh, after he refused to get out of his car following a high-speed chase. Mm-hmm. Trooper Anthony uh, Nigro, N-I-G-R-O, I'm, I'm thinking that's how it's spelled, Nigro, pleaded not guilty to Shoot, first... Shoot, Negro. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. <laughs> Such a great scene. Uh well, he pled not guilty uh, to first and second degree manslaughter at an arraignment in Buffalo where the killing took place last year and was released without bail. The charges in the death of James Huber, uh, 38, are a rare example of a criminal case being brought against an officer by New York's attorney general who has the authority to investigate the lethal use of force by law enforcement officers. The president of the union that, represent, the president of the union that represents Negro, Negro, I don't know, uh, defended him, saying the slain was justified. The trooper's body camera video captured the fatal encounter on February 12, 2022. Uh, so that actually was a year ago. Uh, troopers, uh, well, longer than a year ago, shit. Uh, 
I, I love how these things drag on and drag on, man. Just imagine being the family or, or a police officer or, or even the the victim's family, how long this shit drags on. It's just absolutely miserable it's, for people. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, troopers first spotted Huber, a resident of New, Northeast Pennsylvania, speeding on intersect, Interstate uh, 90 near Buffalo and pursued him at the speeds that topped 100 miles an hour. The pursuing officers broke off the chase after Huber's uh, vehicle exited the highway, but uh, Nigro caught up to Huber on a street in downtown Buffalo and blocked his path with his cruiser. Body camera footage released by the state attorney general's office shows Nigro, a nearly 16-year veteran of the state police, holding his gun in front of him as he approaches the car. He orders Huber to get out, cursing at him. Huber turns away from the trooper and says, go away, and then never and nope as the trooper continues to yell go at him. Go away. No. Uh, as the trooper uh, continues to yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually live audio uh, that was mm-hmm. recorded, that was yes. captured there. Uh, never before heard incident. audio. Yes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yep, literally never heard before, probably never heard again. So uh, as the trooper continued to yell at him to get out of the car, his gun just inches from the motorist's head. Huber puts his hand on the car's shifter as if to put it in gear. The tr- trooper yanks on the hood of Huber's sweatshirt, then fires two shots and falls to the ground as the car lurches backward, briefly dragging him. Uh, the car moved in reverse out of camera range, crashed, and landed on its side. Oh, shit. <laughs> on a parking ramp. The body camera footage shows uh, Nigro running to the car. He radios, driver's been hit. I'm fine. Hubert died of gunshot wounds at the scene. His death was investigated by Attorney General uh, Letitia James, a Democrat whose office brought the charges. New York State Troopers Police Benevolent Association President Charles Murphy said in a statement that Nigro should not have faced criminal charges. He said Huber's dangerous driving threatened the safety of innocent motorists. Uh, Our understanding and review of the facts in this case confirmed that while the outcome was tragic, Trooper Nigro's actions were in accordance with his training and the law and that he was justified in his use of force, Murphy said. The state police said in a statement that the department has cooperated with the attorney general's investigation and will continue to do so. Uh, Carrie Arnold, a Pennsylvania woman uh, who had has a daughter with Huber, told the Buffalo News that Huber might have been heading for a rally in support of Canadian truckers protesting COVID-19 vaccine mandates at the time of the shooting. How would she not know this? The daughter he might have been. He talked about that stuff a lot, so I, maybe that's yeah, why wh- he was driving why so was fast. That, why did that... Why did that paragraph have to be in any of this article? Maybe the editor of of the online edition is that NBC? Was that what it was? Yeah, NBC uh, online edition. So it's like maybe, maybe the editor had a certain word requirement, and they're just like adding like, what else could I throw in here? I I don't know. I'm not sure what the heck. Maybe that's they were all trying about. to were they trying to push the guy as uh, as some kind of a, a conservative conservative. Like crazy guy? I don't I don't know crazy. Yeah. Maybe couldn't I don't, I don't know. Ra- couldn't be a liberal that ran from the police at all. No, sure. and what was dumb is that they didn't even do a good job of that. But so let's talk about this for a second because we we have seen uh, several cases. Matter of fact, Supreme Court decisions where high speed chases that an officer actually like pit maneuvers and kills uh, the the driver who's uh, who's fleeing the police have been completely exonerated because mm-hmm. they're saying that look. Having watched this video, this this individual at that time was a male. He wasn't killed. He was uh, turned into a, a quadriplegic. 
And he was yeah. suing the police department. If you remember, this was a couple years ago at least. And the Supreme Court was like, uh, we saw the video. It, it looked like it was a it was looked like it was a chase from a movie. That's how dangerous it was. The amount of lives you almost couldn't measure how many mm-hmm. lives were put in danger because of this chase. When they pit maneuvered this guy, they had every right to use lethal force on this individual. So my question to you, Mike, is is this not a similar case then? A hundred percent similar. I mean, it's going to be uh, hopefully it's going to be judged the same way every other use of force case should be judged in the bounds of the law, which would include case law. You know, if it, if there if there's no you know a law on the books about about it. But I mean, I'm sure that New York State law permits officers to use deadly force if they believe their lives or the lives of others are in imminent danger. Yeah. Right. Not, right. not even just or great of bodily death, harm. But of great yeah. bodily harm. Right. And it sounds like if he got drugged by the car, that's exactly what maybe he was. I, I haven't looked at his defense or, or what he's saying, but I'm just. Or, or I'm, even, the, granted, we haven't even, I haven't watched the video either. Me either. Yeah. So, so. Um, I mean, I, it, it could be something that I have seen that I just don't remember. But right. um, but if if he fears getting dragged by the vehicle, getting run over or whatever. I mean, that's the. It's unfortunately without without glorifying shooting or without celebrating someone's death. That's unfortunately the price that you pay by playing those kinds of games. Yeah, like making making those decisions. Like that's what I hate that gets lost in all this is who's really the responsible party. Right. Right. No, you, you make know, a like, good point. Who, who really caused this problem? Who really made the decisions that led to the outcome? You know, yeah. it's like, do we just, oh, oh, the cop lives, so he's the one that fault? <laughs> like, right. And it's just, it's, it's a mess, man. It's, it's a mess. I don't understand why it's really frustrating that, you know, the way the article goes out of the, you know, clearly goes out of its way to say so and so, a Democrat, Leticia, whoever Leticia, right. whoever the the prosecutor is in this case, or attorney general in this case, a Democrat. It's like, well, yeah. What what why bearing should that have on? It really bothers me that justice. district attorneys run for office and judges run for office, and it's their party is it is, is weird a, right is a factor it's weird it seems like wait i thought we were all supposed to be unbiased here you know yeah. i it, it's it's always kind of like weirded me out a little bit you know i don't know what this i don't know what the solution is because i do feel like judges should be elected i do feel like da should be elected but i don't i i think just it should, don't you don't like, think it should have any bearing on on the I justice think, system yeah, I don't like the idea of political party persuasion. Yes, having an impact on the on the on the voting of it. I don't know. It's like, just tell me the judge and and I. I mean, people. The problem is people are too lazy to do their own research about the DAs or judges. People are yeah. too lazy to look back at what kind of cases have they prosecuted, what kind of cases have they dismissed, what kind of cases have they had, had heavy sentencing, what kind of cases did they do light sentencing, Where, you know, what experience do they have in capital cases? What experience, you know, people are way too lazy 
yeah to actually dig into that so what they do is unfortunately they go into a voting booth and it's like oh here's leticia she's running for da yeah. Uh, you've got her and you've got uh, Hector over here who's a who's a Republican and then you've got, yeah, one's got a D, Philippe got who's R. with the Libertarian Party which DA do I want and it's like yeah. it doesn't ma- it doesn't even matter what how, how they have demonstrated or not demonstrated an ability to objectively uh, take the law yeah. and effectively prosecute it uh, prosecute with it or judge within it like it's so super frustrating to me uh, that that's a that's a piece of this whole thing, but. Well, what do you think? Um, well, cause clearly we don't, I, I didn't watch the video. We don't even know how long this chase lasted. We don't know what kind of drive. I mean, we, we know he did uh, what a hundred miles an hour. Okay. Uh, which is, which we all know we've, and we've, we've all done it, but we also know that it's dangerous to do so. Uh, and then, then top that on with, you know, running from the police and, uh, Clearly, getting off the freeway at some point still can, can continue to high speed chase again. I don't know how long it lasted, but it did. You want to you want to watch it? Uh, I suppose we could. Again, who knows how long it goes? But my I question have, to you, I have a four minute video. Okay, uh, I have um, no idea. My my question to you is, uh, and I think that you're going to get this from from people on another side uh, that would say, well what you guys just talked about with the Supreme Court, this was active. This was happening right now. This vehicle was flying all over the place, endangering the, the public. And there, what do you say to those people who say that, uh, and, and, and without the easy answer, which we all know, but they're saying, well, he was stopped. He wasn't even, he wasn't causing any problems at that point. Why didn't they just get him out and arrest him? Uh, or even maybe even shoot him in the leg. You know how that goes. But um, <laughs> I just said it to be a dick. But um, but but what do you say to people that would do that? And and without being too obvious, because we know what the answer is, and and I think that answer should should actually answer any any other questions on that. But what do you say about people like that? They're going to say that like, well, he was stopped. There was no there was no further harm to the community. He could have ended it peacefully. They could have done this. They could have done that. I would say, like, imagine that you're driving down the roadway and a car pulls in front of you, cuts you off, slams on the brakes. Jerk. Then you slow down. He slows down, gets behind you, runs right up behind you, like bumper to bumper virtually. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what's this guy doing? And then he goes on your other side, speeds up again, cuts you off again, slams on his brakes again. He goes by you and you start to like, what's going on, right? Like you start Mm -hmm. fearing for your safety and then you're like, man, I'm going to just, I'm going to get off the road here and you get off the road. He gets off the road Mm. and parks 34, 35 feet behind you and then cracks his door and starts to get out. Do you think, oh, he stopped. Everything's fine now. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, or well, or is your well, heart beating fast? Ended. Are, are, is your heart beating fast? And is your assumption that since this guy had taken actions on the road up to that point that were putting your life or others at risk, that now just because he stopped, it's over? Hmm. That's mm-hmm. 
doesn't make any sense. I, I think if you can put yourself in those shoes, because everybody's had sort of a little minor run in like that on the road, right? Oh, like, for sure. Just yeah. amplify that to put yourself because not not all of you have been in a high high speed pursuit like Dave and I. So there you go. You, you don't know what that's like, but you do know what it's like to feel that sort of like, is this person going to hit me? Like, a, you know, r- this road ragey kind of thing. Imagine that escalates for a minute, a two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. And they pull over. You try to pull over into a lot and get away from the situation. He follows you, stops, and and then you see his door open. Do you think when he's opening his door, he's just, you know, wanting to offer you some cotton candy? Or do you think that maybe the problem is going to escalate even more? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because just thinking about that, I don't know why my mic keeps doing that, but just thinking about that kind of situation, honestly, like I don't normally feel like, okay, this guy's going to slam it into me. Like he's he's being an asshole and, and could drive me off the road and, and it is a, a dangerous thing and I would be very pissed. But I'll be honest with you, my bells and whistles would go off immediately if he did that very thing. It pulls over and gets starts getting out of his car. Then you're gonna my my heart's gonna do something different. You know what I mean? And my mentality is gonna change even more, knowing that I'm probably even in more danger uh, because yeah. I don't know. I knew what he was doing on the road there. Uh, I don't know what else he has in store. I don't exactly. know how how far elevated this guy is going to get. And when Anything's it comes to at that point, the high speed chase, yeah, when it comes to the high speed chase, it's the people who re- refuse to get out of the car that create an increasing amount of that tension mm-hmm. because they are not complying. A normal person who is giving up, as it were, at the end of a pursuit is going to get out of the vehicle upon a lawful order to get out of the vehicle, you yeah. know. If they're done, they give up like, hey, I'm done. I'm done. You know, yeah. I did my, I, I tried, whatever. It's over. <laughs> right. We've definitely you know? seen that. So that would be normal. What's abnormal is reaching for the gear shifter when a cop is within range of getting hit by a car or moving your hands where they can't be seen and, and fast furtive gestures. And it's like, if a, if a guy who has just put you through that kind of pursuit turns away from you reaches down whether they're grabbing a cell phone or their address book or a mentos fresh mint it doesn't Mm. or a gun you do like do you as a cop who just went through the high-speed chase decide you know what i'm gonna go ahead and and wait to see if he's just wanting to to offer me a mentos at the end of this pursuit Right. Or do you, or, or, or like this officer maybe made a decision. The gear shift thing is like, he may have put two and two together. Oh shit. I'm about ready to get run over. Yeah. And I've got a decision to make here. And who's, who's responsible for putting, putting the officer in the situation in which he has to make that split second decision. Yeah. Was the officer responsible for the high speed pursuit? You know, like what, (laughs) Did he did he flee f- from from the law? Like this makes no sense, you know. Well, you bring up a good point because uh, h- how often do we see that people try to blame the police officer being for being in the situation of having to take action <laughs> against a suspect? I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that police are perfect by any means. Um, what I'm Absolutely what I am not. saying is is that we. Police will make really dumb decisions in, in a fraction of a second because their brain just says act. 
And like, there, what, we, what was that latest one that we saw? Uh, this guy, that, this officer that jumps on the hood of the fucking car. And oh, he's really? Like I didn't see that. Fucking, he's pointing his pistol down at the at the uh, at the windshield. And honestly, when I was in Detroit, I, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times that that very same thing. Now, is it the smartest thing to do? No, but uh, and, and again, officers were, are going to do some dumb things. But that doesn't mean that the guy needs to kick it into drive and start doing eighty miles an hour on the freeway because that's mm-hmm. what uh, it wasn't eighty. But in this news clip. The guy, the officer, was going for a ride like he was fucking uh, the rock on fucking uh, the other guys. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, because it looked like he started on the hood and the guy was like, fuck this. And he put it in drive and he took off and the officer was like, shit. And he grabbed on and was able to hang on to the top of the fucking car. And he's like wow. doing the freaking thing. And then oh I think gosh. he ended up getting put like he ended up get flying off of the fucking car. But I'm like, clearly that was a dumb mistake. But that was a that was an officer safety mistake. That was that was definitely on him. But who put him in that position in the first place? Again, yes, he's going to make who, dumb. And who decided to pers- continue the situation? It, exactly. Who with who that wrapped up the situation, knowing that a police officer is pointing a pistol at your face after this crazy chase or whatever it was, and uh, you're like. Fuck this! I'm still not going in. And then all of a sudden, and I didn't not saying people are doing that, but like all of a sudden, it's the the cops' fault for doing for doing that for doing something dumb. And I get it; they did something dumb, but it's come on, right? I'm not. I don't think I'm alone on this, right? Right? Yeah, man. No, no, you're not. It's uh, it's it's silly. It's a it's a wild world out there, and that's I I think everybody that's reasonable is just asking for just that reasonableness. And that's yeah. the that's the that's the standard that the law is supposed to judge use of force by is reasonableness, right? Like, is this an unreasonable thing to assume, or or, and and it's not only reasonable from your eyes from hindsight; it's reasonable in the moment through their eyes, right? Through 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 the the perspective of the of the person involved in the situation, the officer involved in the situation. So it's a. Uh, those two stories sort of juxtaposed together, like it's, it's like, well, what, what exactly do you want from us, right? And I, I have found that that's actually a really good question. When it, it's for people, for people willing to have a conversation. This has happened a lot at jujitsu, right? Like in, in different, like because jujitsu brings a lot of people together. Yeah, um, for sure. A lot of different backgrounds and experiences and beliefs and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. jujitsu is quite a melting pot of, of people. And so people find out I'm a cop and start having conversations. And um, I have found a really disarming approach to talking to people who are sort of like, I wouldn't say that they're just, they're, they're not going to be at the protests, you know, yeah. but they're also kind of like, they kind of side. Apprehensive. Yeah. They kind of, take the side of the sort of like anti-cop rhetoric and they more buy into that. And I was just like, okay, what, what, what would it look like if it was, if it was done the way you, you thought it should be done? Hmm. What, what would it look like if it was done right? And then you start posing questions. Oh, well, what, what if this happens? Yeah. Well, it's an experience, right? what What if this happens? You know, well, what if, 
what if this happens, right? And then it's kind of like, well, yeah, but that's just theoretical. I'm like, no, I just described like three calls that I was on, you know, like what, yeah, in one day, what would you, what would you do? You know, like, so a lot of, a lot of it is just, um, a perspective issue. I used to be really sort of like, I, I think there are people who are knowledgeably nefarious. I would call that the democratic party. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And and a great amount of the Republican Party, the Uniparty, uh, they're they're it's intentional. They know they know, and they speak contrary to that. They know the truth. They speak contrary to it for their own gain. I find that most people who are average, normal people, right, who want to go to work, who want to enjoy their family, who want to live life but who kind of buy into more of like the anti-cop rhetoric, usually with one open conversation, mm -hmm. they they kind of come around because like, oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know? it, and it doesn't normally take a lot to do that. Like, I mean, some people you'll never sway if you want to call it sway i mean that's just because yeah, they don't just, want to be no they just don't they don't want to look at it from a different perspective and that's fi that's yeah. fine i you know um uh because I, I i i fully admit that there are certain things i am completely set in my ways you will never change my fucking mind it's just how life goes um but i do try uh in certain areas where like i, I can't tell you the amount of times where you know, i'm 50 years old now where when i was in my 20s or teenage years uh to the 30s to the 40s how much my life has changed, like my thought process uh, has changed on certain things only because I kept an open mind and that wisdom was able to kind of play into my life uh, mm -hmm. with that. And so, but I've always been willing to do that. And again, there are some things that are just always going to be a hard line. But for the most part, I'd like to think that, you know, if I have something to learn uh, or see a different perspective that I do do that. And sometimes that helps you, sometimes that kind of pushes you towards, uh, more resolve towards whatever you already believe. But sometimes you're like, yeah, no, I, I guess I kind of see the sense in that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, maybe that's some food for thought for some of you guys that'll hear this. Maybe not. Uh, what do you guys think about <laughs> cop city? Do you think it should be built? Do you think it cop should be city? Do you think it should be something else? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm probably, we're probably talking to mostly the choir here, but yeah. uh, you know, usually we have some folks that have dissenting views. Drop your dissenting view in the comments. We'll we'll chat yeah. with you uh, about it. We we do look at the comments on the videos, and if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, join us on Wednesday night, seven o'clock. We live stream it. You can be in the chat with everybody else. You can see the things that we put on the screen. You can just uh, you can be in the moment. You know, you can feel it. Yeah, and have uh, a drink. You don't have to be alone spanking it in your car and a. Back yeah. in the Walmart parking lot while you listen to us, you can just you can still do that, but you, you can still do that to. live. It's yeah. even more thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't good. know. All right, well, let's uh, let's all pray the UPP makes it back uh, next week. Let's pray Dave lives another week, and we'll see. God only knows the adventures I'm going to get into in the next week to tell you about in next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, and we will see you on the flippity flop. Peace.